Hello, ladies and ladies and gentlemen and ladies. And speaking of ladies, hello. Oh, what is Bruce Jenner's name? <laughs> I can't believe that I don't know that. I can't, you know, as much as you think you're ready to do the thing that you're about to do, you're not really ready to do that thing because you've got questions. And what is his name? It's Caitlyn Jenner. He's finally Caitlyn Jenner. This is exciting for him, for us, for all of us, evidently for all of us, because, man, you cannot go anywhere on the Internet or elsewhere, or even here, finally. You thought you could come on the Jake This of Jake Johansson podcast and get a break from Caitlyn Jenner. And I'm going to offer you that break very, very soon. In fact, this is almost over. The Caitlyn Jenner part, it's over now. Welcome. Hello. And uh, I'm glad you could be here. And I am excited. Uh, if you think that uh, this is that I'm going through an international phase, what with my trip to London, did I did I mention I'm in London? Yes, I think I did. I'm at the Soho Theater. And uh, that's coming up June 23rd to the 29th. And uh, I'm I'm really excited about it. I hope you can make it to that. In fact, I'm already in London as I'm telling you this, but not while I'm telling you this. You're listening to me talk to you at a time when I'm in London, but while I'm talking to you, I'm still in California. It's a little confusing, but it's not as confusing as sexual reassignment surgery can be to all of us who are not having it done. To the people who are having it done, I'm sure they're very excited. I, I, I know I promised you that was over, but I don't think it was really completely over. In fact, here I am talking to you again. My wife had a friend who said that uh, she was upset that Caitlin was not doing enough to for <laughs> transgender people's rights. And it's just like, hey, look, she's she's just getting her feet under here, her at this point. She's she's won the decathlon a couple of times as as a man, and now she's just starting to be a woman. She's just beginning that part of her life. So give her a chance to get to get up some speed before you start criticizing her for not doing enough in her new role as the new uh, person that she's become. Okay? All right. I know I don't have to tell you that. I know that you're trying to cut each other as much slack as you can, and me, hopefully, and me. Anyway, this week my guest is an international guest. His name is Tushar Singh. I didn't know his name until I asked him right at the beginning of this, and spoiler alert, I'm going to ask him again when this starts. But he is a comedian that I met in Atlanta. We'll go into that whole story in the conversation, but uh, he's on his way to do an international thing. He's moving to India, where he has family uh, history, and he's going to do comedy in India. How does that sound? Interesting? Well, we'll see about that. We're all going to keep our same genders for the entirety of this episode, I'm hoping. And then next week, all bets are off. Do what you need to do to be who you need to be. And don't forget that I support you no matter what you decide in that, in that area. If you're going to go, please don't murder anyone. I've had to, I've had to say that out loud before, but, but don't. Let's not murder or torture anyone. But uh, if you need to change your gender, I'm, I'm cool with it. Okay, just uh, put that in your in your pipe and smoke it. All right, here's Tushar.
Tushar. Hi. Hello. I don't even know your last name. It's Singh. S-I-N-G-H. A very common common Indian name, I think. Yeah. Well, I think so. I, I would have maybe tried to say that Singe. Singe. I get that a lot. But it's not. It's not Singe. It's sing. H is silence. <laughs> yeah. So you've got a silent H in your last name, and you had 13 baby teeth pulled. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And I had, I mean... Were they just not coming out? They just weren't coming out. I'm a late bloomer, so everything happens late in my life, including, I guess, just last teeth. year. <laughs> no. It was in my mid-teens, which is was kind of painful. Oh, man. Literally and, you know. So were the other teeth up there kind of like, hey. Yeah. Well, they came out, and so I had, I had, I remember I had a mold of before I had all these taken out. It wasn't mid-teens, it was probably like 10 or something, but felt later in life. Uh-huh, sure. And it, I had this mold, you know, they may take you, like, yeah. you take a mold, and it was just chaos. Teeth were stacked. <laughs> so te- and you had teeth coming in behind other teeth? I had teeth, teeth were and- coming in, and there's there's stuff jutting out to the side, and um, had like 13 pu- teeth pulled over a series of two years, three years, and then got braces, and then... Dude, what do your parents do? Yeah, your teeth look awesome now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, very I wish straight, this was a video podcast. Good size. Yeah, well, don't, everybody does. <laughs> Someday. Well, the, the thing is, people. I think people listen to this when they're on the treadmill at the gym or where they're on their way to work or something, so they couldn't really watch it on video. And would it be better? All you'd need is a photo. Yeah. Or describe more things. Yeah, that would be a good podcast <laughs> where you just describe the visual thing that you're looking at. That would not be good. So what kind of parents do you have that they could see this going on and they said, well, just let's give it another couple months? You mean the teeth thing? I mean, it didn't occur to them to, to like get on top of this sooner? Well, I mean, my parents from India, and so there, there was no... The idea of going to a dentist for cosmetic reasons is absurd. But when you come to America, you have dental insurance, so... But what do your parents do? My father was a professor mm-hmm. of um, holography and speckle photography. Holography and oh, speckle photography and white light research... Wow. So he's a brainiac. He's a brainiac. Yeah, he's very smart. Your dad's a brainiac. Dad's a brainiac. And but his but just he's a cultural he's a dead of, he's a dead brainiac. He's passed away now. He's passed away. Okay, but still brainiac. Still, once a brainiac, <laughs> always a brainiac. That's my t-shirt. <laughs> um, is he is he long gone? Uh, Two thousand seven. So when it's he been left. a while. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. I'm sorry that you lost your dad. Mm-hmm. But I'm surprised about the teeth thing. That still, being a brainiac, that he still didn't say, "Well, maybe we could do something." I'm a I'm a genius. Maybe we could go get a tooth genius. Dad was Dad was a weird genius because he was scientifically a brilliant mind and in his field one of the best. But mm-hmm. outside of that, he was very he would believe in kind of old Hindu remedies and he his thoughts on western medicine was very negative they're like they'll just oh, use you they'll cut you up they'll and which is honestly i mean he he passed away from a heart attack and heart attacks are quite preventable these days and yet he never went to the doctor he went to the dentist once going back to the dentist theme and the dentist was like your your teeth health is is very related to your overall health so especially your heart health is heart well. health yeah cuz it's directly there's a blood line the, yeah. the line if you if you have cavity if you have build up if you have any of that that goes to your heart very quick more quickly than a hamburger and I'm it's a, a comedian and I have been reading this lately in the on the internet 
You're a comedian also, right? <laughs> um, so he went to the dentist. But he went to the dentist, and the dentist was like, yeah, you have a whole situation in here. We need to take two teeth out, and you need to do this, and you have a molding. And he, he just never went back. Uh-huh. I mean, wow. you know. <laughs> Did he have an accent? He had an accent, yeah. 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 And uh, were, your, were your parents married that whole time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Arranged married. Arranged, arranged did. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Wow. And how long were they married? Mm, well, I think it's mid-70s, 2000, uh, ni- 1975 maybe? Long time. Long time, yeah. it was, That was a long, mm-hmm. they had a, it was an arranged marriage and it stuck. But it was arranged. that's the way they do. Yeah. And my mom didn't want to do it, which is always a fun thing to know about your parents. <laughs> uh, well, yes. And thanks, mom, for telling me. <laughs> she told you that, that, but um, she told you that in the context of, and look how great it is now, or no, or I never wanted to be married to this guy. Well, it was it's well, I'm, you know, I'm 34 and I'm single now, and you know, when she tells me about you know at your age, I was married. I was like, yeah, you didn't, you didn't want to, right? <laughs> yeah, it is a fun. You're oh, bragging about something that's outside you. of yeah. your control, <laughs> so. Well, maybe she's saying that she could arrange you a marriage. Yeah, she's offered. Really? Yeah. And is she? Does she still live in Alabama? She still lives in Alabama. Yeah. Which is where you said that you grew up. Yes, where I grew up. And uh, I met you in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I'm just recapping this because <laughs> everyone else wasn't here when my wife and I were going through this <laughs> with you a few minutes ago. Um, and so, what did your parents think of when you became a comedian? Um. Well. I didn't ever really know what I... W- you went to college. I went to college. I went to Georgia Tech, got my electrical engineering degree, like a good so boy. So you're sort of a genius also. And then I, I got... consider anyone who got an engineering degree a genius. <laughs> well, I didn't really... I just kind of got through it. Then I got my MBA right afterwards. And I was like, okay, let me do that. That puts, that puts a little bit of lie to the fact that you might not be a genius because... <laughs> Now you have an MBA. I got an MBA and an engineering degree. Then I and I and then I moved to New York mm-hmm. and uh, I I did a few jobs. I you know standard. Oh, I didn't like it. Few first few jobs and I started doing open mics in um in New York. Right. And it was a very I don't know how you started, but when I started, it was a very like there's a lot of rooms, but it was a very solo thing. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't really have friends in comedy. And I, but I loved it. Obviously, it's a thrill. Really, you could go do open mics and not kind of meet the other. I mean, dudes I met and... them and kind of got, got, you know. But it was just at the beginning; it's so isolating. Did Those you, first few years. Did you have a, a a kind of real guy MBA engineer day job? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what. That's what. Yeah. That's what screwed you up. I can't. You can't. You know. You have to be a full time that t- type of person at least at the beginning. So I couldn't. I didn't. Well, I was a full time waiter bartender. At oh, the beginning. Wow. So that job kind of lends itself to making friends with people when you're not at work because you don't have anything, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like, geez, I wonder what, I better practice my drinks for tomorrow yeah. so I'm ready. <laughs> um, but I had a job the whole time and I just kind of got hooked into this idea of comedy and doing mm-hmm. it and first few times it was bad and then I got fired from my job and I ended up getting unemployment and I went home for one weekend my parents thought it was one, just one weekend, and it ended up being like three weeks because I just booked it because I didn't have a job. <laughs> Did they say and it's kind of weird that, that you're <laughs> not going back to work? <laughs> and uh, and I we went to Costco on that first weekend. And they're buying stuff for me to take back to New York, and uh, 
and I sat them down. Like it was a very full house moment mm-hmm. where I sat them down. And I was like, and we never have these kind of moments. My mom, my sister, and my dad. And I was like, look, uh, I'm going to be a comic. And it's got, you know, I'm, I'm doing it and it's great. And, you know, with no idea of like, this is going to take a decade <laughs> to kind of figure out. Right. And, um, it takes longer to become a comedian than it does to become a doctor or yeah. any of that stuff they would have liked me to do. Um, and so I, you know, I sat them down and told them and I kind of phrased it to my dad in a way that it was okay. Cause he was very, he was fine with the idea of me doing it, but he just didn't know what the plan is. And there's no, he did something very structured. You go to get your PhD, and then you apply to his thing, and then you go for tenure, and then you're right. comedies. Obviously, there's nothing like that. And um, and then, unfortunately, you know, I had that conversation. Went back. He was okay with it. And then, like three months later, he passed very suddenly. Oh. Mm. And then I moved back home immediately. So my whole comedy ambitions kind of kind of was put aside because to kind of be a support. just to be at home. Yeah. My mom and my sister were at home, and I just kind of like filled the man. The, in my late twenties, were just filled being like, you know, let's let's raise my mom a little bit uh-huh. <laughs> from that situation. So um, then I moved to Atlanta, where I met you. Yes, and then I moved to LA about three years ago now. Right, I remember when you first moved here. Yeah, and then I've done your show that you had at the West Side yeah. Comedy, and I've done your podcast, mm-hmm. and then the then when I said. T- in a text, I said, I texted, I wrote, I wrote, I'm a writer. You're a writer. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote you a text um, saying, hey, come be on the podcast. And you uh-huh. told me in your text, you said, you wrote that you were going to India. I'm going to India. Um, have you ever done comedy in India? <laughs> no, I would love to do comedy in India. And, you know, I follow Tom Rhodes because mm-hmm. uh, I've known him forever and his podcast, he's sort of a globe-trotting international comedian. Mm-hmm. And I really i am slightly jealous of the fun that he's had. I mean, I, in, a, in, a, in a complimentary way, not in a yeah. you know, jealous. Jealousy is always kind of people say that. But I really admire him for what he's done. And uh, I would love to uh, be more international. My wife and I and daughter are going to London. Mm-hmm. Have I mentioned that I'm going to be at the Soho Theater in London? I hope that everyone's bought their plane tickets. Um, when so is I'm, that? When are you going to? I'm doing that in June. Okay. And uh, which is coming right up. I may yeah. be there now while people. When are is to it? This. When is how big is it? The Soho's big, right? Soho is big. Soho. And the Soho the theater, theater sounds big, but I think it's a theater complex, and I think there's several mm-hmm. venues, and I don't God, know the be size so fun. of I'd... the one that I'm in, but mm-hmm. I hope. That regardless of its size, it's full. I don't really care how big it is. If it's full, well, I mean, if it's five yeah, people, yeah. if I'm doing yeah, that, a sold out run to five people every night, that'll yeah. be a little bit weird. <laughs> but I won't be telling anyone that there were only five seats. I'm just going to say it was a sold out run. And have you done UK before? I have. I've done it years ago. I did a show called The World Stands Up. And uh, I did another show there before then, uh, you know, flew over to do a TV show in London in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I've always wanted to go over there and work the clubs, but I never really have been able to figure out how. And then this last year, I've done the Kilkenny Ireland Comedy Festival a few times, and I just did it last year. And I really said, look, this is I really want to do this. And I found out about the Soho Theater, and my manager took a DVD over there because she was there for another mm-hmm. client. And so, yeah, I'm all set. So I'm anxious. So first that, mm-hmm. then my tour of India. <laughs> 
Do you have to, um, and because I had to deal with this, but do you, maybe London's not the same thing, but just have to change your mindset on stage? Or do you just do you? I mean, you've been doing this for well, sort of, <laughs> for longer than doing, I'm alive, but. You're always doing you, but you're also doing you talking to them. Yeah. And so when they change, now you're talking to a different them mm-hmm. than you usually do. So, yeah, I, I'm going to try and be as much me as I possibly can and do, and give them as much of my act mm-hmm. that I do here as works or that they're happy with. But my experience of going over and doing shows in um, other countries there and Australia, Australia less so maybe, but is that there's there's sort of 20% of your act that – there's 10% of your act that you can't do because it's just about things that they don't have there. Mm-hmm. And then there's another – 10% of your act that that is just like they for some reason it's funny here but it's not funny there and you can't figure out there's no rhyme what, or reason you, you just don't really understand what it is you just know like I keep I keep pushing that button and the thing that usually happens doesn't happen mm-hmm. so then you just gotta switch and talk about something else or sometimes it's maybe the way that you're wording it so mm-hmm. So I sort of do me, but it, but it's a little bit of fishing around. I mean, I I don't have the kind of ego that I'm going to go over there and just you know just devastate the nation. I'm going to go over there. <laughs> we're going to have a good time. People, I I promise we're going to have a good time, and I hope we're going to have a really good time. <laughs> and so that's my attitude. And so and I think that's a healthy way yeah. to go about it. So you're going now. What experience do you have in India? So with comedy. I um, you know, I since starting those in New York. I guess 2005 or six and then taking a couple of years break and, and in the middle, um, I was always kind of saying, I want to go try comedy in India. Just like I'm Indian. I used to start my sets off. I think even for the show that I opened for you and at the skull where you dropped in, I think I started the set in Hindi just to pretty much mess with the audience. <laughs> Right, and yeah. so I'd go up there, and you start in Hindi, get bewildered, get out of it. It's you know, it was a fu- funny like thing, and I used to do that kind of as a you know, kind of a safety net, or it's not. I don't consider it real comedy. I, I consider it just my defense mechanism to. Were you doing jokes in Hindi? I was I mean, doing my set that I would do in English, but just in Hindi, and uh-huh. it was kind of an act. But anyways, just out of that, you know, and I did, I do a lot of Indian shows like around the Southeast at the time, I would just get booked for these like doctor conventions and, and it's all Indian and it's all Indians. So you could do your, acting. and you can do some in Hindi and you could do some in English, but they want you clean and it's, and it's, I mean, those, the, those gigs pay very well, but mm-hmm. they, they are, there's not a lot of guys who can do that. nightmares. Yeah. They're night <laughs> just because they, they're not set up well or. I go up right with the buffet line or, you know, standard bad mm-hmm. production and comedy. Um, and so I was like, let me, I want to go do comedy in India because of all these reasons. And uh, one of my good friends who's a childhood friend, I, I, he lives in Atlanta. Um, we were, I was out with him and he met, um, while I was with him, he met his now girlfriend and she was a f- like a, at the time a fresh filmmaker. She went to Africa for like six months and did kind of bio thing and she had just graduated from Emory. And I was talking to her about like, oh, I want to do comedy in India at some point. And she was like, oh, I'd like to film that because she had just finished her like 40 minute short film about some, the guy is called Marmaso and it's, she was entering festivals and she was like a legitimate, like and, early. And when is this conversation we're talking about? Right? And this conversation's three years ago. Okay. 
about three years ago. And so they were off, my friend Court and Laura, they were off in um, some vacation in New Year's and we were, I was Skyping with them and I was like, hey, happy New Year. Blah, blah, blah. I want to go, you know, I want to go to India. And she was like, oh, I'd like to film that. A year later. She said it again. Yeah, that was the first time. And, okay. then, and then a year later, we did the same thing. They were in some other Asian country at the time, Thailand, I think. And uh, I said it again. Like we, It came up again. And like, oh, let's do it. So we're like, let's do a, you know, let's start talking about it. Let's do a kickstart. Let's do it. We have to fund it. Um, we have to figure out what cities, all the stuff that goes with planning right. a tour. And my initial thought was, hey, I love hosting. I love producing shows. Let me take a cross-section of American comedy, as I know it. Mm-hmm. And, and be the host and take it over there. And so I even picked out the comics, which unfortunately I couldn't end up taking. But, you know, like Rob Hayes from Atlanta, who's, you know, he won the Laughing Skull Festival this past year. And Esther Steinberg from here. I don't know if you know her. No. And but... um, so I wanted like a black guy, a Jewish girl, and some, you know, squirrely white guy. You know, just like. My... white guy <laughs> said what you just said. It would be like, what kind of a jerk are you? But what? you. Our genius producer, because that is uh, that sounds like a perfect show. I wanted to show America. What else? I mean, what am I missing? What do you need? A black guy, a Jewish girl, a squirrely white guy, yeah, and then you, you're, and then me, you're Indian, yeah. Well, you're leaving out a few kind of things that we have here, but <laughs> what, what else? We've got some uh, Arabic guys who are comedians. We True. got uh, Asian people. You know, we've got. Uh, well, yeah, I guess we got. I mean, I'm missing. We got. You can have a gay guy. I mean. How about that in India? Yeah, it's a very what conservative. About, what about the same show, but every transgender. Gay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Bingo. It's all chicks with dicks. And all the material. Uh huh. Um, it's called the Chicks with Dicks Indian Comedy Tour. I bet you would sell a lot of tickets, but I don't know how people would feel about the show. Um. So. So I had this idea of like taking these comics, and then I started doing the budget for this, and it's like just getting there and living. And not dying alone is it ended up becoming six figures very quickly. Well, all those yeah, all those with the equipment and, and the transportation and, yeah. and mm-hmm. the staff, and then I mean, filming something like that. I didn't. If I knew, I mean, it's been an interesting process because now we're in post production kind of, but it was just crazy. I don't know how Wait, much. So you could, did you did that? So 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 I I kind of jumped ahead. So we ended up evaluating like okay, well. Let's say we raise the hundred thousand or whatever it'll take to get there, and with all the equipment, that mean then that just gets us there. Then we have to like rent theaters and uh-huh. you know establish a tour there. And I have no connections other than just cousins and family. Like so, I was like, okay, let's let's cut that idea. Let's um, let's just do the take like go make the thing about me and me go there and explore the scene as like a groundwork to eventually do what i originally wanted to do which is take in american comics there got it and um so we just me and then that was really cool because we ended up raising we did an indiegogo indigo um indiegogo is it indigo or indiegogo you're the guy who did it i don't remember but i mean there is a thing <laughs> called indiegogo but indigo. i'm not sure if there's a, there may be another thing called indigo that's Indi- the way these d-bag that's how they get internet you. lawyers operate <laughs> You're the guy who's got an MBA. Um, uh, I'm the guy who knows if there's Indiegogo, why don't we start Indiegogo? And we're going to get our business plan is just we're rich before anybody realizes that we're not the other thing. Just search results. And they sue us, right. Um, 
So we we did a crowdfunding thing. We got on, and we it was interesting. We we filmed like a four minute trailer. I'm Indian and from America. Grew up mm-hmm. in Alabama. Want to go back to the and just did had a shoot it. And my friend shot it. My my the, Laura, the director, shot it. Laura, the director. Laura, the du- Laura Asherman. Laura Asherman. And because people like to Google these things. Yeah, absolutely. They listen to this absolutely. and they go, Laura Asherman. Yeah. I want to watch her short film. I want to find And we it. named the film American Hussy. AmericanHussy.com is the site where we kind of ended up. American but, Hussy. Yeah, Hussy is laughter in Hindi. So American laughter. And you do know that Hussy. along the lines of Indigo, yeah. American Hustle. <laughs> Was also a movie. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So I just, just I know all these things. To, I'm, just, I'm just trying to say that uh, when you looked at me like I was a con man, it's like I was just making up stuff in a room. You actually did I that. Did it? Yeah. Okay. Got in there. Um, so we raised the money. We got producers on board. We, you know, we had a team. Got a sound guy. Court mm-hmm. came as a producer. Laura's there. My my mom ended up coming. Mike company that i was working for ended up paying for our flights five round trip tickets off of miles shout out to that company that was amazing obviously um i got time off work um so then who were you working for working for this small agency i'm no longer with them anymore that's a whole other story talent agency but no it's an uh i do ad advertising during the day i do ad agency so i do paid search and analytics and stuff during the day which is part-time i do that part-time now let me just <laughs> let me just sidebar so yeah. i went to college at first i was going to be a veterinarian i switched to chemical engineering and i was a chemical engineer for a while then i switched to journalism advertising and then i dropped out of college so you're basically i'm your you're living but your what, extended life yeah what 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 would have happened if i graduated <laughs> from college and then gotten an mba those are some big ifs but anyway yeah. go ahead. you're really you're having a fantastic life so <laughs> You've left that agency. You've got this product. You know what's funny about you saying I have a fantastic life? Not true, but <laughs> well, no. I'm just saying these are these are. But you're you're very successful. First of all, in following your dream of comedy. But second of all, in having a day job that's a real day job, mm-hmm. as opposed to. I mean, my day job was the kind of day job that, uh, like, this is. This yeah, is but your day job of having not sus- being sustainable. My day job allows me to be sustained. Which is not, as you know, a good thing for comedy because well, then I don't need. Technically, I don't need it. But then, luckily, then, I like producing a lot enough to yeah. kind of make up for that. But I don't know. Right. Um. So so the thing is shot. I'm sorry. I've got, I keep derailing. So, no 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 worries. Uh, so we shot the thing, and um, what's interesting about the comedy scene in India is that it is so it's so new, um, mm-hmm. and so because it's new. It it has it has fascinating stats as a country for comedy. There's one comedy club, proper mm-hmm. comedy club. There is there are about a hundred English speaking comics, thirty to thirty five, probably more now since I've got back a few months ago. Thirty thirty five headliners who can actually do thirty minutes in English. Thirty minutes. Thirty minutes is a headlining set. They adopted the British style mm-hmm. of comedy where there's dual headliners. So a headlining set is not forty-five to an hour. It's really thir- can you do thirty? And how does this? How does the show run then? So, um, so the first club in in so when you ask an Indian like an Indian comic like when did the scene start, they literally always say like October two thousand nine. So they have a start <laughs> like date, they have a date because that's when the first open mic was, 
mm-hmm. and that's I think in two sta- cities it started Delhi and Bombay around the mm-hmm. same time and that's when it started so you know that means a veteran comic in that country is five and a half years in the game yeah. <laughs> which is that creates a whole weirdness because those people are thrown into our sets or whatever headlining sets f- from the very beginning so they their progress is not just four or five years it's actually it feels a lot more because they just get so much more well, stage they've time. had this experience of headlining shows yeah. since since their yeah. second show yeah. which yeah. is yeah, yeah so it's crazy so um, so when you go see a show though there that my question was the first guy goes on how much time is he on so the the first club that was started there was started by the comedy store london Yep, and and so I'm they do a set there. They oh, that's it's such a such a cool room. I've never done the show there, but I've watched a few shows there. Um, mm-hmm. And um, they modeled. So this the only club in the in the country is in the third floor of a very gaudy high end mall, mm-hmm. and um, not I say gaudy, but there's like very very high end, and um, and so it's on the third floor. It's a three hundred seat theater, and um, their setup is. When it first opened, they would fly, I think, two British comics a week in to the club for the first two years. So from 2009 to 2010 or 11. And then the British side and the Indian owners had, like, there was a, they weren't filling seats. So they, it was called a, uh, the Comedy Store in India or Mumbai. And then the Indian side bought it out. And now it's like the, it's the Canvas Laugh Club. And now they only book locals, local comics. Right. So that's the thing. But they still have the same format, which is head uh, host goes up, does 10 to 15. First headliner does 30. 10 to 15 minute break. Host comes up, does 10. There's a guest spot, 10 minute. And then the second headliner does 30 to 45. Hmm. So it's 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 more, it's a kind of an extended show because of the break and because of... Um, uh, and, and all shows in India are kind of adopted to that. Like headliner shows are always like that. There's rarely one guy, right, f- footing the bill. Right, got it. Um, I ended up doing about six cities. Only there's only like four cities, five cities where comedy is viable in India mm-hmm. because of just its newness. So it's second tier cities like like here would be Atlanta, which is quite robust now. The, the comparable city in India, there's maybe two comics working. But the cities there are huge, massive. But, there, but there's not enough of a interest in going to see a comedy show. Or, well, they just don't know. And do the it, comedians perform in English? Well, obviously, the British comedians do. The British, so the British comics, I don't really go there anymore. But um, they have they. It's all in English. But the interesting mm-hmm. thing they do there is that they have a lot of comics accent or punch punch their jokes up with Hindi. So they'll uh-huh. do a setup in English, and then like the the insult or the insight or the whatever the joke is, it comes out in Hindi, and it connects with the audience a little bit more. Right, so, right. first few shows I did, I just ate fill in the blank of something bad, like it was because <laughs> you didn't know that you were supposed to do your punchlines in India. Or, well, or your jokes weren't structured that way, or I just came off of this like I I well I've been doing this for a very long time and I know what I'm doing and I'm I'm quite confident on stage, so I was like oh, that'll let me ride. I'll figure it out. That ego that. You know, that thing that you're not letting yourself happen in the UK. Like, yeah, I that, feel like I already learned that yeah. lesson that you learned. I learned that um, the first first time I went over there. Not not in a hard kind mm-hmm. of way, but just in a like, oh, this isn't what – it's yeah. not the same. It's different. Yeah. yeah. And, 
so I had to, I had to, I had the interesting thing of like Obama was visiting that first weekend when I started show, d- doing the shows. So I was like, let me just do some riffing on Obama. <laughs> and I was like, he's in town. And I had something, I had some like, the first shows I did there was for the second annual Weird Ass Pajama Festival comedy festival. And is that a thing? In and that India? was the second annual one. The Godfather of Indian comedy is is a couple people, but it's this guy named Virdas. Who's been doing comedy for six years. And he's, no, but he <laughs> he started in like DC years ago and then he kind of jumped around. Oh, and see. now he's he's actually a Bollywood, like pretty pretty Bollywood star, but he still does comedy and he mm-hmm. kind of leads this festival. And so those are the first shows I did. And, you know, there's not that many, you know, other than the one club, there's not the whole thing is run by comics it's the whole there's since the 30 comics who run the shows in various cities like you just need to know one guy to get plugged into that whole system so i knew one guy this guy named sanjay and he got me pretty much all my shows he lives I think in I met sanjay at your show yeah yeah, yeah. Right? he's yeah. there yeah so sanjay malaktana and he lives in um bangalore and uh he literally just plugged me into like every show possible mm-hmm. and um I ended up doing this festival, which I it was really bad because it was a bar show, and I just couldn't adjust. And I realized very early on in that tour that I had to kind of let them know who I am because all the comics there are Indian guys who have Indian accents, and that's normal there. Right. <laughs> Here, well, you're different. You're different from them, even though everyone speaks English. The way English. You know, the things that are funny, the choice of word that you choose here that's funny mm-hmm. is not part of their yeah. cultural reference thing. Yeah. 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 And a lot of their humor is pretty much, it's very quick and it's very aggressive because all the comics, there's so many people there, there's so much hustle bustle. I found that the comedy there doesn't have much nuance. Mm-hmm. It's not slow and very few comics. There's a few comics who did great at that, but just like build a thing and have a thing to end up with and do a callback that kind of, it's just like, and 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 so that was kind of hard for me to adjust to go from one comic who just did that to me who is a relatively slow speaking sometimes i'll do accents but i was still trying to figure out like it's not like i'm you who you know your voice very well and you can adapt like i'm still trying to figure that out you know so you're over there you're doing this you're hitting the ground running plus they're filming you plus they're filming me two cameras the whole time i'm and i'm doing all logistics for the whole thing Uh uh-huh and i'm kind of managing like i'm helping the director direct me because i'm being directed so it was kind of a big mind fuck like it was it was it was kind of so you must be having the same realization that you had about stand-up which is oh this isn't as easy as i this is not as easy as you gotta be feeling a little bit about like and and what am i doing here about me doing this but you know and then it's hard when you're the subject if you're the producer of the movie it's like well we got our movie this guy is over his head mm-hmm. and we're just going to we're just going to see what happens watch him sweat it out on stage over his head and you're the guy who's making the movie about the guy who's over yeah. his head it's hard to yeah, it was it was hard i mean i there's nothing better that nightmare of a thing that i went through there's nothing better that made my comedy here better like mm-hmm. it was just it 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 was such a kick in the pants and so, do you make any money on these shows? You, I think you were kind of alluding to that, that it's run I by think comics. It's run by comics, and, you know, it has its standard. I did I did, um, I did, did mainly bar shows, mm-hmm. um, 
a few theater shows, a few random one-off theater. Like there's one theater under a railway station that they kind of converted. I did a cancer ward atrium waiting room thing because they were trying to be like, laughter is the best medicine. So that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I realized I had, to, I had to get more um, instead of trying to be this like – I'm observing all this thing about India and I'm in like I had to just be like it's story time like it's these are my personal stories because then I don't I don't have to I don't have to like the the roadmap of what happened is a personal story so then I'm like okay I can just get into the story so it really helped me adjust what type of comic I can handle being there mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah yeah well I think here there's a real people like to get on stage there well there's the current fashionable thing or trend thing is to you know i'm a i'm a truth teller and i'm i'm bringing you the the reality of the reality of what's going on and i'm trying to wake you up to what we need to do to stop living in this Mm -hmm. place that's not as good as it should be you know and it's hard to do that when you're coming into a country of like look i'm going to tell you the truth about a thing that Mm -hmm. i don't know about in a form, an art form that is very new. Most of the, I mean, most of the audience members, and we interviewed a lot of them at the end. They, they first time they ever went. It's that was like a first comedy, show. first first thing of that type they've ever been to. Not just comedy, but like mm-hmm. live entertainment in a lot of ways. You know, the bands are one thing, but no one goes up there and speaks their mind, especially there. Right. The most fascinating thing, and and it was kind of like a godsend from the from the comedy gods. Um, about a month before coming there in December, so we got there in January. Um, a month before in December, of January of this year, of this year, two thousand two thousand fifteen. Yeah, mm-hmm. so five months ago. So we went from mid January to mid February. But in December in India, they had um, this group. So you know, the scenes there are like Delhi could be considered New York. It is the it's chaos over there. Comics are there are individuals there's no like hollywood there's no movie scene there's no they're just doing it and grinding it and that's why new york and place like delhi are the best because they there's no outlet and then hollywood is very like much like bollywood people have formed clicks they're trying to do videos they're trying to get in front of people it's they're doing the live show but they're hoping it leads to another thing they're yeah they're adding more layers and and i've noticed that like that was the first comparison that they made there um but anyways they had um this group called the AIB. It's called All All Indian Buckchod, and Buckchod is like a bad word. Buck Buckchod. Chod is like it's fucker in Hindi. Uh huh. And Buckchod is just like a bad, just like a bad word. And they are like the, they're they're <laughs> well, you can't even they're say it called, <laughs> they're they're like kind of like the bad boy. They they're the people who they know that the comedy is like very divisive there. Because mm-hmm. um, it's a very cult, you know. There's no First Amendment rights there. You, you you don't have the liberty to just say anything on stage. Well, do you mean that people would get arrested or? So yeah, so I'm getting to that. So like mm-hmm. basically, they they did a Comedy Central style roast, and they had this. They rented out a auditorium. They had probably four thousand people. They roasted these two Bollywood heartthrob guys. Um, Who were there? Young, yeah, they were they're on the they were on the panel. They were getting roasted, right? And it was like a dual roast, and they're these they're really very much like these um, in Bollywood. The first few rows were all Bollywood elite, uh-huh. and um, the dais, the panel was you know they had four co- in, four comics. They had like a 
a couple local celebrities, like, you know, national celebrities. They had the Road Rules version of India guy there, the car- cartoon character. They had some film critic. They had some hot girl. They had the whole thing. They mimicked Amer- Amer- the American Comedy yeah, Central style. I got you. And then it was fine. It was all in English, but like, you know, like the fat guy got the fat jokes and the gay guy got the gay jokes and the girl got the crude sex jokes and it was fine. It was very mimicked and it was, it was pretty entertaining. And they, was it televised? And or? then it was it was shot in December and, and, and the second week of February when we were in Mumbai, it was released on YouTube. There's no there's no TV network that would do that because it's too crude. There's, it's, mm-hmm. it's very more traditional and all the, the TV there... It's kind of catered towards the Hindu, like Indian speaking, like it's very regional and it's... So not everyone speaks English, but a lot of people speak English. English is the national language, but only 10% of the people are educated enough to understand it enough to come to a comedy show. So it's... And how, what's the population of India? It's like 1.3 billion. So there's about 100 million English speaking <laughs> yeah. people for 30 comics. <laughs> Um, still, you don't have enough comics. Still, you not enough still comics. use some more comics for your hundred million. I mean, we have way more than a um, hundred comics for our three hundred million people. We, got. I think we have three hundred million comics. Actually, yeah, we actually. They, yes, I think you're right. I think all the adults in America are comedians. They consider themselves. Yeah. Um, and all the children are tired of their act. Um, so they released it on YouTube. In three days, it got like. 11 million views it got mm-hmm. viral immediately they got threats they got lawsuits slapped against them the people who released it people who were on the dais the roaster even the people in the first few rows that were publicized they all got some kind of action against them because it was by the local powers that be in mumbai i think or one state over where the lawsuit was from they all it was considered this is pornographic material you can't wow. you can't say those wow. things in this land and and then publish it and make money off of it no uh so they all it had to be taken down all the accounts of the people who like the comics they couldn't do any more shows i was supposed to do i was supposed to co-headline a show with one of the girls one of the comic girls who's on the panel who uh-huh. she was one of the roasters and because she was on the bill and the show was publicized outside, like, if you like the roast, come to this venue and see this girl who was on the roast. The venue got threats of violence from the mob. And wow, so the, the mob is so the mob, down on so the mob, And the mob is hired by the local politicians. It's very village-ish. It's, very, it's, it's not like, you know how in America the that type of corruption and power is kind of, has been taken on the macro level and if you're on the bottom you don't really see it in india it's like in your face like cops will come and shut the thing down and ask to be bribed while the show's going on like that happened at one of the shows like while the show's going on the headliner was going over by 10 minutes and so the cop kid hey it's time you got to cut it he was like and then he they paid him off guy ran away (laughs) like in what other situation would that happen right right so the one interesting thing that happened in the middle of this whole thing was like, oh my god, there's there's nothing but opportunity here. Like, I love producing shows. Like in it, and you know their production needs little help. Like not one, not one stage, not one stage out of the twenty two shows I did had a stool on stage. Not one show had a stool. Uh huh. 
We like a stool here. We like America. a stool. In America. And just, that just made me mad because it's like, we don't, as a comic, you don't ask for much. <laughs> no, well, this stool thing is a thing that I, I, I struggle with it when I do private shows or corporate things. You ask for a stool just because you want to sit down, mm-hmm. a glass of water or your, or your, your notes your, or your, you want to sit down or. or T- phone to time your set or so that or your laptop you, yeah <laughs> right your desktop because you're, you're djing a private uh, party in the next room while you're doing your comedy show sure you'd like a stool but yeah it's a yeah but they didn't they didn't want a stool obviously they didn't they weren't saying look if thank god you're here too sure you can get a no, stool. No, 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 no. i'm gonna bring stools it. to india yeah <laughs> that's my purpose in life so, but yeah, but I can see you could, you've, you must've felt like, boy, if I can figure out how to do shows over mm-hmm. here, I can, I can clean up. Yeah. Um, so you, so you shot your thing, you came back, now you're in the process of editing it mm-hmm. and it's going to come out on YouTube it's- and then you're going to be banned from the country of India. <laughs> Um, because you're pornographic. No, that's what you're hoping doesn't happen. Well, uh, so we're in post-production now, and but we're still kind of filming. So three comics from India are coming here next week, mm-hmm. and they're going to do my show here. And so I'm kind of like, it's just interesting to know comics from another country, go work with them there, then come back here and work sure. with them here. It's just like a it's very, exciting. it's yeah. exciting, and it has nothing really to do with money, which is... I mean, not that it should, but it's such a cool feeling. So my goal there is like halfway through that this trip, I just started bringing up to everyone like as part of the interviews that I would do, like as part of like, tell me about the Indian scene. Tell me how you got into it. Tell me, tell me, tell me. And that led to maybe I should move here. Like maybe I should. And they're like, yeah, you should move here. And so that was all caught on film. And um, but then, you know, so then I'm like, let, let's move there so i'm back here now and i'm planning to you know figure out my visa paperwork and all that situation and and go there in this october and just kind of live in mumbai i kind of know the area i want to live in i know some mm-hmm. comics and just just get my my face kicked in again life-wise are you thinking live there for six months or a year i don't, don't want to end up happens. there i don't yeah. want to end up there but go see what happens and i'm just sure. gonna go see what happens yeah and, you never know and um but it's difficult because it's such a it's such a good life here, you know. Like, well, can you afford? You've got enough savings to be able I can, to, to. I can do afford this? it for a little bit, and mm-hmm. I think I would regret it if I don't do it at this I, point. Oh, I as as an older person, <laughs> I would. Uh, you know, and I, I'm not an old person, but I'm. But I definitely, I think you got your head on straight. You definitely should go do this if you feel like you want to. Yeah, definitely go do it. There's a there's a. Irish comic Des Bishop, who I met the first time I was over there, which would be 13 years ago, and and then stayed. And he's actually his parents are American, but they moved over there, so he grew up. I think he doesn't have an Irish accent, but he became a comedian over there, and or or he became a real successful comedian in Ireland, and has had a couple of TV shows over there. And he last year moved to China, and they have a nascent mm-hmm. comedy scene. It's all all of Asia's in this past five years. It's and just he starting. Learned Chinese. And performed on Chinese stages and on Chinese television, speaking Chinese to them. And in the context of he was making a show that was going to air back in Ireland and the UK about that experience that he was doing. Wow. So this this is – you might want to check him out. Mm -hmm. I mean, he and he's been interviewed. He's got there's a few NPR things here in the states about Des and about that. Um, that's incredible. He learned so, Chinese. He learned Chinese. Yeah, and that's part of the show, like him yeah. having to. Yeah. Wow. He did this other show. I cannot imagine. 
where he worked a series of uh, minimum wage jobs in Ireland that was quite popular. Sort of a, it's not really, it's a reality show because he mm-hmm. really did it. But but it was him and he was always himself the whole mm-hmm. time. Yeah, he's done some cool stuff, Des. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, definitely. I want to see his, I mean, yeah, he seems check. like, because he seems like the type of person that, he probably doesn't want to do because when I moved to LA, I was like, "Hey, let me see TV and film, and let me see if I want to act or write." And none of that kind of hit with me. <laughs> well, it's really changed now, too. You know, I when I first came to town, I thought that's what I wanted to do, and I had some disappointments in that area. And you know, if, if those things had gone, that would have been great. You know, who wouldn't? Everybody loves Raymond, <laughs> including me. Um, Everyone loves loving Raymond. Yeah, yeah but. Uh, you, now I'm kind of at a point where when I think about what do I want to do next, it's not necessarily be in a sitcom. It's more go out, like I'm excited to go to London. I mm-hmm. would love to go to mm-hmm. India and do some shows. And if you're there and you can figure out a way that oh, I yeah. can go and have it kind of make some kind of sense to my wife and family, um, yeah, that, that just sounds great. Mm-hmm. So I, I, sort of, I sort of think show business also has kind of exploded in 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 a destructive way that's also good because that becoming Ray Romano or Jerry Seinfeld isn't really you're not going to become that financially successful and and also just giant famous you know the the audience is very segmented now mm-hmm. and so to to pursue things because you're creatively interested in them and then find your audience that way mm-hmm. is really a better path to not only happiness, mm-hmm. but bigger success later on to me, as opposed to it used to be just try and figure out who can plug you into the pre-existing mm-hmm. system, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's, it's, it's such a different, because like, I really did think that I would come here and then the Hollywood bug, like I would start going for auditions and I kind of was exposed to that to even, you know, just the thoughts of going for an audition, especially having a, like a pretty stable daytime job. It's just like, mm-hmm. what to what end am I doing that? <laughs> like, I don't have a stable daytime job. I only have this uh-huh. kind of weirdly unstable but, but sustainable nighttime job. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point where, and I'm going to try and go back on some auditions now because I have time and I'm in town and mm-hmm. it is fun when you get a job. And sort of the experience now, it's been so long since I've gone on an audition that I think it could be fun. But I got to the point where they would call me up for an audition and I'd be like, Damn it! I've got a plan to have lunch with my friend. I've seen him for six months, and now I got to go on this stupid audition to be a co-star in a movie with somebody. It was never being a co-star, though. It was always like the guy, like you, you're doing. You're in the audition. You do your entire part of whether you got the movie or not, which is sort of a good kind of audition because it's actually just this is just like doing the job. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm going to do the job, and then if they like the way I did the job, they'll pay me. To do it again, yeah, <laughs> on another day. Um, did you go into the 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 when you first moved here? Did you did you try like write doing scripts and I didn't try talk doing about scripts. those failures that you mentioned. <laughs> well, I had a I had a really great manager at the beginning, and and he they that that group helped me kind of enter and get in at a level. They always said you should write scripts for yourself. But I was 27. I didn't know even what that meant. You know, they were they were kind of encouraging me to be like a Woody Allen, you know, should write some scripts and be in them. And I'm like, mm-hmm. look, I can barely do 
I can headline a comedy show. Mm-hmm. I can't. <laughs> what do you mean, write a script and then direct and star in a movie? That I, I don't even understand what you're saying to me. I barely understand what they would say to me now in, in hindsight. So there was that. But uh, I got plugged into a couple of development deals and I did some pilots. And, you know, it just they just you got to be it's got to be good. Mm-hmm. And it's you got to be lucky. You got to be mm-hmm. in the right place, the right time yeah. with the right people behind you. And sometimes I was good and not lucky. And other times I was lucky, but it wasn't <laughs> yeah. good. And, you know, I think I had all the different yeah. variations of that. Of disappointment, you think you've had all the variations of disappointment, but that's the beauty of show business. Yeah, there is a think tank in the valley where they're inventing new ways to hurt your feelings twenty four seven. I, by the way, this is not to hurt your feelings. I love your last Letterman set. I just watched that recently. Oh, thank you. That's Damn. nice of you to say. I must I was have been very happy with how it went. Yeah, I've been seeing now. You know, like the day after the last show. There were pictures in in the New York papers, so mm-hmm. therefore on the internet, of them sawing apart the backdrop and throwing like, it in the what? dumpster and taking the seats out of the theater. Like the day after. First of all, I feel like they could have sold all that stuff and, and uh, made Doesn't a that become of, a museum thing? I think some of it went to the museum. And then, um, and then today, my friend Frank, who used to be the um, segment producer on the show... Sent me a picture of the front, the Ed Sullivan Theater, which was the late show with David Letterman, Ed Sullivan Theater. That big sign mm-hmm. is down. They took it down. That's done. I mean, as I, I didn't so think, they're I, didn't, gonna ha- I didn't think they were going to have um, Stephen Colbert, Colbert do his show, yeah, with with that same sign up. But I mean, when they when they took the sign down, it was like that's you did over. that show how many times? Forty. I did it forty six times. Jeez. Over the two different versions of the show. Um, that's incredible <laughs> that's a lot of times it's a lot of times yeah it makes me sad when i think about it, when i think about that being over it's a weird like not literally now what do i do but metaphorically and kind of emotionally now that was really that's they're not doing i'm still me but they're not doing i'm not doing that anymore it feels weird but now yeah, but i've of, got india it's a giant india. there's a billion people there so <laughs> I really million. So 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 English help speakers. me through this my I mean you haven't been there but you can just help me through mentally cuz right now the chaos in my mind is okay fine I'm going to I'm going to move there. It's, yeah. I haven't booked my one way ticket yet but it's going to happen. Well first of all I would be I, I I don't know what do you know what their rules are about how long you can stay and I can the, get a um OCI card which is overseas citizenship of India because I'm a first generation so mm-hmm. I can get basically dual citizenship uh-huh. I can go in and out freely I just have to and get work this thing and do whatever you want and work and do whatever I can't vote there I don't think I can own land there or something. there's a few stipulations but I can't so you're, you're taking advantage of it now I definitely think this mm-hmm. is something that if I decided I wanted to do it mm-hmm. I mean let's say I was of Indian descent but my parents were not first generation this is not a thing that everybody can do what mm-hmm. you're doing so you definitely was so, well, so you get that you go over there so what did I go over there what? and so like like there's two things there's one like me developing as a comic and trying to be a headliner there and building my fan base and all that stuff but then the other thing is finding a venue and and basically I want to start like a club that's not like the club there right now is as I said in this kind of unaccessible mall and it's kind of gross because it's very like to me comedy should be 
little, you know, dingy, small theaters, low ceilings, just that that type of that version of like a basement in New York. Um, well, I mean, or, or some version of that. There used to be a comedy club in uh, Boston called the Ding Ho that was mm-hmm. in the back of a Chinese restaurant mm-hmm. called the Ding Ho. Yeah, um, I remember that documentary. I think I saw that years ago. Yeah, when stand up stood mm-hmm. out. Yeah. So, would you? Be if you did that, would you be in direct competition with this other club? Like you would mm-hmm. get into a pissing match, turf so that, war right exactly. away. Exactly. So that's how I'm like, I how? think that's not a great idea. That's not a great idea. You no. know. And so, um, but what's what's the harm you from doing a one night a week, once a week, show? and then build it from there? Yeah. Um, I had a few thoughts, and and there's some comics there. There's a few comics who are just they're like little Rottweilers. They're just they just started like last year, and they're just aggressively starting shows, and they're taught. They think you know. That that energy of a young comic, like a super young mm-hmm. comic, where everything is funny all the time, so that it's mm-hmm. kind of nice to see because it's the same person there, right? As right. here, and um, well, you want those people on your side. Mm-hmm. You don't want those people opposing. You yeah. want everybody on your side. You want to yeah, do something yeah, yeah. where it's like, hey, let's. I'm moving here, and I want yeah. to do something where it's, I make. I'm it's like I'm appointing myself to better. some comedy ambassadorship program well be careful because that's the other thing and it's, it's just like you seem don't stinky well you don't you think you're gonna go over there and it's gonna be shooting fish in a barrel because you've been doing comedy as long as you have and i know that's not six true years. yeah and so now you know that that's not true so get ready to learn your next lesson which is hey opening a room and becoming the new empresario that's not that's not an easy done deal mm-hmm. either so I mean I I what are you asking me? <laughs> I guess just that like um, I'd like to go there with a like a, a tight plan. Sorry, um, a tight plan of what you know. I get there this this year. Um, mm-hmm. I stay there for two years. These are my specific goals. Like I don't think like that. I'm just like go go there, figure it out. Just be good, and but I feel like a move like this needs to be. Have, well, like, I think you need to have some attached. goals, but you can't. Uh, yeah, you need to have some goals, but you but you also got to realize that uh, your long term goals are going to change after you get there and start achieving some of your short term mm-hmm. goals. But uh, yeah, I think you want to set you want to figure something out. But yeah. I mean. What's what's a good short term goal? I don't I don't know. Is it be headlining the two big clubs in the country? Because it seems like you're going to knock that out pretty um, quick after you know within the, a year. I um, think maybe develop maybe maybe I've never had a goal of like I I want an album or I want an hour that is an Indian hour or something like that. But I still got to think that through. I'm kind of all over the place. As well, far there's as, there's the documentary. There's the documentary aspect of it. So you can be shooting a video diary that for mm-hmm. for use later. And you can have the idea that you're going to record a special after a certain amount of time or whatever mm-hmm. that you call it. You're going to ro- record a hour comedy mm-hmm. show of yourself. And so there's a process that, that you can document of preparing to do that. There's the element of do you want to bring guys over there from here yeah. and kind of start that, see if that's a, a doable, startable scene or um, – do you want to try and set up a little tour around India to some of the other places, expand it into some other places? Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like you got to first figure out 
like how would you set up a one nighter? Like what kind of a venue? Baby steps. Yeah. yeah. What kind of a venue would you put it in? Is it is that a culture where they have a bar that's got a back room that does shows mm-hmm. sometimes, or is it a place where there's a restaurant that has banquet rooms, yeah. but then you can use the banquet room? You know, to do a comedy show is kind of the easiest. You can buy do the it equip- anywhere. Yeah. Well, you can buy the and you can own the equipment involved mm-hmm. and carry it really in a suitcase. Um, from place to place, mm-hmm. so that's that's, that's the other the thing about it. it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's I was basically looking. a karaoke set. <laughs> well, it's e- better than a karaoke. Easier than a karaoke set. You don't have the prompter. You don't have to have it synchronized to the other thing. <laughs> you don't pass it around a notebook. You can buy a speaker. I'll show you the one that I've got picked out on the internet. Mm-hmm. You can buy a speaker and a speaker stand that mics plug right into it. It's got a volume control on it. You can do a show just with that thing and a floor lamp. You know, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you can get a rig like this podcast thing that I've got. Mm-hmm. So you could record all your shows if you wanted to, to, mm-hmm. to make audio type of CD quality recordings. I mean, it's pretty easy to do yeah. all that stuff now. So I don't want to get bogged down with owning a brick and mortar business in India. That's what I'm saying. And all you own like is a, the again, suitcase. I want the suitcase in and out. And uh, I really do want, I mean, greater than me having my own special, which would be great. And I really do want to work towards that. My initial goal was to bring American comics to India and show Indians that and then show my friends here that world and be the person helping like. Well, you know, the for me to go, I need to I need to make enough money that it's not just a vacation. Yeah. And, but for a lot of. If I was single for me to go, I would need to just break even. N- break even, and then I would like it if there was also a tourist element. Like we do a show, and then we travel this far, and we see this thing, and then we go back yeah. to here, and then we do another show, and then they show us this, yeah. or we're hosted for a dinner about that. Yeah. You know that kind of whole thing. Yeah, I mean, is- a lot of comics, especially the ones that I book from for this sh- show, like they are willing to be like, "Yeah, I'll do it. Tell me when." Tell me what the paperwork is. I'll do it for free as long yeah, as yeah, I break yeah. even. And so it's like, wow. Yeah, the world's you're you're in the right yeah. spots. So you're going to take some of the 300 million American <laughs> comedians and then and just bring them there one by one. Them, that's going to mean that stage time is going to free up here because those guys <laughs> are going to be in India. And then I come back here, boom. Yeah. <laughs> you come here and do my gig. I go to America and do your gig. How does that sound? <laughs> gigs did you ever run your own rooms were you uh, ever in that world of production i briefly i think all comedians mm-hmm. do that kind of have to i did a show in the bar where i was working in san francisco as i was the day bartender on on the weekends mm-hmm. and maybe friday also which is a great job and then i so i scheduled it was like a they had sort of a dj disco thing a couple of nights a week so they had a pa system they had sort of a stage and yeah, so so I did that for a little yeah. while, and then now I've been booking this show for my daughter's school, which if you were here, oh. I would invite you to do because we don't have an Indian guy. <laughs> and uh, what's that show? It's just a it's a comedy show. It's I host it, and then I ha- get four comics to come, and everybody does twenty minutes, mm-hmm. and it's a fun night, oh, and the, nice. it's it's mostly you know parents from parents. the school, but. Mm-hmm. But they're very. It's a well-behaved audience. They all love it, 
and it's it's a forty dollar ticket, so they raise a good amount of money for the school, mm-hmm. and everybody's happy, and so it's a good time. So I've been doing that, but oh, I, I nice. it's been a long time since that bar gig that I set up in San Francisco, and that was I said, look, I'll put on the show, and then you do what. Nobody's getting paid, so mm-hmm. if you want to charge a cover, charge a cover. If I mean, that was like I was the stupidest impresario ever. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'll just work for free, Did including you host me it? producing the show. I think so, yeah, as I recall. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I doubt that we did more than four nights, four, you know, mm-hmm. four weeks oh, okay. of it. Well, maybe we did. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's too long ago. <laughs> That's all lost in the mist of dust of time. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, David Letterman, come back. <laughs> Please don't make me go back to the bar, Dave. Please don't. When, so when are you going to – when's the departure day for this thing? I, think, I mean, I have – four months away. It's long enough to still have to do the paperwork and, and, and I can delay on buying the ticket. But it's going to be in October or maybe early November. The three-year anniversary of my show here in Santa Monica is going to be early November and I kind of want to don't miss that. So if I'm going to move there – um, and not be back for a good three, four months, at mm-hmm. least for that first block. Um, I might delay, but definitely it's going to be this year. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just have to go there and find a place. You know, interesting thing is my cousin in India is willing to, he's a banker. He's willing to help me. Jamie, uh, who is the sound guy who came, he's, he, he runs the laughing skull sound. He manages the laughing skull. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. He was our sound engineer for this the trip and he wants to move there really yeah he does it he's never he's never his first time he left the country is he indian or is no, he, he's about as he, white as it comes how can he, he move there and he wants to move there he's just he's like i love it here i want to do it and so he would help which is a bizarre situation but i got to figure that out as well yeah, he would help you set up your help job. me set it up and um so it's it's a good it's a good position and i know 80 percent of the comics there at least the ones mm-hmm. who have been doing it for a while so it's all kind of lined up, but I'm just, I have enough time to like think about it. So I'm just in my head about it. It's like, what the, am I leaving this land that my parents worked so goddamn hard to come to? And I'm, no, you're not leaving. and, and, you're and, and, gonna and go be in another land for a yeah, while. It's all like, once I'm there, it's going to be fine, but it's just like that whole. Okay. So when is get, the, when is the, what's the title of the video, the movie that you've just shot? Do it's, you have a title yet? It's not. Uh, we have it tentatively as American Hussy, which is yeah, what the American website Hussie, is. Right. But okay. um, but so people can go to American. Hussie. Yeah, they can get that updated. And we're you know we're we're still posting on there and giving updates. And part of the film will be probably me leaving. So we're still filming that as part. Oh uh, no! I think the thing ha- it has to come out now, and then you can invid- you can video. Well, this is my opinion. Mm-hmm have it come out now or soon and then do video updates on your departure have it end with this is what i'm going to go do and then video updates so it's an ongoing kind of thing after you watch the film you, mm-hmm. now you're sucked into participating yeah well this might be giving too much away but i'd like the last okay. scene to be me leaving for india which is what exactly what you're saying yeah, yeah. like have that as the last thing and then mm-hmm. oh look me up and i'm here with my updates and i'm in india now it's kind of cool. <laughs> right, right, right. But yeah, it's the same thing, but just extended, more of an extended timeline because um, then we have to wait for me to move. And but it's it's so crazy because this decision to move is not just a solo thing. It involves like the whole film crew, my whole family, India family. Like it's just, it's, it's an adult. 
in it's the not just like, was anybody moving with you yeah well jamie jamie right but that's his decision that's his decision and then my mom you know she lives i mean that's kind of also a decision because if i move there then i just won't be able to see my family as much anymore which well, is sad but to see him for the but what are you gonna yeah <laughs> You certainly are, there's going to be a period where you you're there for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not you don't eat an elephant all in one sitting. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the proverb. It takes you a while, so you, you're just starting to yeah to eat this elephant. So what you're going to do is you're going to go over there for a few months, and then maybe you're going to decide to stay, or maybe you're going to decide to come back, or maybe yeah. you're going to decide to go once a year for three months. Yeah, you know, you don't know what's going to happen yet. That 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 lifestyle that like you were talking about Tom Rhodes earlier, like mm-hmm. that it just, it is quite romantic in my head of just the idea of all this. It's kind of like, Oh, get to f- go really, really far away and well, try this weird thing that doesn't really, you know, it's cool, but it's like, it's your little baby that you're trying. Well, you're, it's, it's a new version of the thing that you already are doing. And, uh, but yeah, you gotta be a cowboy. Mm-hmm. You gotta be a cowboy to head out and go do that. So, but, you're, you've already made you yeah know, the already done the hardest you part buy the hat and then get on the horse and you're a cowboy i mean <laughs> just fake it until you'd make it yeah yeah no oh, if i go there and end up like bollywood <laughs> oh, dude, that is an even better that's, that market that's the that's the new end you know now with new added footage mm. <laughs> I'm just dancing in a sweet sequence. I would never dance, which is why it would be funny. You don't think you would but until you get you, over there. And, and they, look, this is a course we can... Hey, we're going to give course. you all the rupees. Yeah, so. Jamie's like, I can shoot it. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're in business. Absolutely. Wow, so I would love it if you, we, you came back and we had a little follow-up conversation prior to mm-hmm. your departure, just because yeah. I'm curious. And I'm assuming people are listening to this. I love <laughs> And they're curious, too. Um, awesome. Well, this has been this has been great. Yeah. I think. Had a good time. I'm coming back. I'll come back before I leave. Okay. End of September. Uh, cool. Once my Once I book my ticket, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me know when you book your ticket. <laughs> and they'll let you fly in with a one-way. That's how you started off, by saying you were going to get a one-way. Yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of countries they won't, but by then you'll oh, have well, your, yeah, I'll have, have my citizenship. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'll be able to do that. One yeah. way, yeah, because I'm a citizen, America. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thanks, Tushar. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me in your home. Okay, so we forgot a super. Uh, I've switched the mics here, so we forgot. So we forgot a super important kind of aspect of this whole thing. You're not finished making this movie and people can, the, the, what'd you say? The trailer's just about to. So yeah, there, so, uh, Laura and the, and the production team are right now, they're cataloging all the footage and we're cutting a trailer. And, uh, the purpose of the trailer is to kind of finish the second phase of the movie making production deal because, we raise enough money to get to India, come back, have staff, food, travel, all that stuff. Um, but the second phase is all this stuff about movies that I had no the color correction and closed caption and all these things, sound mastering, all these things that are needed. So we're going to have a second round of fundraising in the probably in the next month. I don't know when this podcast is going to come out. It's probably going to come out in June. And yeah, so if people want to see the trailer mm-hmm. and 
participate in the fundraising, which mm-hmm. is a request that you are making and I'm making. We. We're making this request <laughs> together. Ladies and gentlemen, um, I am the sponsor of this podcast, but I'm willing to throw some of my uh, you know, weight towards my friend Tushar. Go to the website, which is... AmericanHussy.com. AmericanHussy.com. H-A-S-I.com. H-A-S-I. Yeah. H-A-S-I. Mm-hmm. That's how you spell hussy. ha See, that's how you spell hussy yeah. in India. That's not how we spell it here in the United States. Yeah. And uh, if you'd like to change that, you should go to the website <laughs> because whatever's left over after they make the move, yeah. we're going to be um, petitioning all of the English dictionaries to change the spelling of hussy from what we do now, which I don't want to say because it's going to be confusing. Mm-hmm. Don't want to say the that. Spelling, to the preferred hussy spelling. American, you know how to spell that, hussy, H-A-S-I, and dot com. Which yeah. you don't even have to type in anymore, but everyone says, okay. Is that what we were going to do? Yeah, I think okay. so. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. It's good. <laughs> it's very good. It's good. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if it's good. We'll see. Well, thank you, Tushar, for helping me out. Tushar Singh, helping me out with my podcast, episode number 143 now. Thank you all for listening. Please help Tushar out. Please help yourselves out. Please don't give up. There will be plenty of time to give up later. Trust me on that. A lot of people think, i got to hurry up and give up right now because time's running out. Time never runs out for you to give up. There'll be plenty of time to do that in the future at some point. Meanwhile, enjoy yourself, and I'll talk to you later. Thank you.